Chapter One of Betty Baird's Golden Year. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Holly Jensen. Betty Baird's Golden Year by Anna Hamlin Weichel. Published in 1909. Chapter One Coming Events Cast Their Shadows Before. Betty was as quiet as a dormouse she had drawn the old chintz-covered sofa to the window at the back of the big hall and perched on its edge had not lifted her eyes for an hour from the folio of engraving slanted on the sill gradually however she realized that the ancient scottish castles were growing dim so breathing a sigh of relaxation she clasped her hands behind her head and fell to dreaming about the strange legends she had been reading for a long time betty looked out into the quiet garden a large snowball bush grew near the window and its blossoms were beginning to nod in the freshening breeze you dear little faces said betty suddenly she leaned forward and patted the soft balls in the witching twilight they seemed like shy but curious children peeping in at her through the open window why cousin betty aren't you trying your eyes came a small shocked voice you wise one then betty disentangled from her dreams sat upright and smoothing down her bright rumpled hair was prepared for those polite practicalities which were always uppermost in the mind of nine-year-old edwina the little cousin ran over to betty and throwing herself down by her side snuggled up close to her edwina i have just returned from scotland betty announced gravely tilting the tiny head backwards and kissing both cherry red cheeks did you have a pleasant trip cousin betty asked the child in her most affable make-believe tone such a time breathed betty giving edwina a hug i have found a perfectly fascinating legend in this book all about the bairds and their castle see she went on pointing out the engraving of the baird castle don't you remember that only last week i told you about thomas the rhymer who married the queen of the fairies and went with her to fairyland and that was hundreds and hundreds of years ago you remember the ballad says oh they raid on and farther on and they waded through rivers aboon the knee and they saw neither sun nor moon but they heard the roaring o the sea it was murk murk night and there was nay stern light and they waded through the red blood aboon the knee for ah the blood that's shed on earth rins through the sprigs of that country edwina bounced up and down on the sofa and hugged herself delightedly at the sanguinary description and betty continued he stayed there seven years and learned soothsaying then he came back and lived on the tweed and made a great many prophecies among them this one about the bairds about us the bairds listen betty bent close to the book and read impressively as long as the bairds live in the castle of Achmedin, so long will the eagles inhabit the crags thereof what do you think of that edwina edwina's black eyes gleamed and she gripped betty's hands satisfied that she had fallen into the spirit of the tradition betty continued to read thrice did the eagles flee the castle when it fell into alien hands and thrice did they return to their ancient aries when the name of baird and the blood of the bairds came back at last to their own 
Oh, Edwina, can you guess why those eagles did this? Edwina shook her head thoughtfully, though her eyes did not leave Betty's face for an instant. The old chronicler doesn't say, nor even seem to wonder why, pondered Betty, turning again to the open volume. But the letters were now blurred in the twilight. What was the bond between the Bairds and the eagles? Can't you see the eagles perched up there on the rocks, looking down on those old square towers of the castle? And oh! Betty's sweet voice thrilled with sympathy, and her words were unconsciously tinged with the old chronicler's style. Can't you see them soaring securely round and round the turrets? Suddenly all is changed. Their instinct tells them that the race they love has gone from its ancient home. Do they follow, or do they become wanderers, too homesick to live without the Bairds? I think they follow the Bairds, said Edwina under her breath. So do I. Just think of their loyalty, their despairing leave-taking, their joyful homecoming. Perhaps, Cousin Betty, once upon a time a Baird saved an eagle's life and that's why they love them good that may be the very reason exclaimed betty and because of that they are the guardians of the family or they may be the transmigrated souls of proud chieftains returned in this form to guard their descendants are you going to buy the castle cousin betty asked edwina with flattering seriousness i'm afraid i haven't yet saved enough in my little iron home missionary bank answered betty she gave Edwina's lemon-colored hair ribbon a tweak, then bent to one side to see the effect. It would certainly be missionary work to buy a home for those poor eagles, she added, smiling to herself at Edwina's rapt face. They were silent for a few moments, Betty thinking of the legend, while Edwina was enchanted with the long new word she had heard Betty use. The venerable Frisian clock on the wall, with an abrupt falling of its heavy brass weight, struck six. Six! Betty's voice showed her surprise. Cousin Betty, what was that word you used? Something about graded? Edwina spoke hesitatingly, torn between her love for a sounding word and her fear of the customary bantering. My polysyllabic cousin, that word was trans-my-gray-tid, syllabicated Betty laughingly, squeezing Edwina's hand at each hyphen. But what does trans-my-gray-tid mean, persisted Edwina. You don't mean to tell me that a big girl like you doesn't know what a little word like trans-migrated means, teased Betty. Why, it isn't more than half as long as you are yourself. Please, please, Cousin Betty, it sounds like that word about birds going south in the fall. That's a fine beginning, but run to the dictionary, child. I don't believe you know yourself, pouted Edwina while Betty took this opportunity to close her book and hum cheerfully the opening bars of Annie Laurie. Edwina soon caught her hand and interrupted in a whisper, because a whisper seemed more polite when interrupting. I forgot to tell you that dinner would be ready exactly at six instead of half past. Oh, then we must migrate to the dining room at once, cried Betty, springing up. I'll help you look up that word this very evening. It's lucky this old clock's fast. Singing and laughing, stumbling too, because they would not look where they were walking, simply out of the irrationality of pure high spirits, they reached the dining room and opened the door suddenly. 
dazzled by their plunge into the brilliant light after the darkness of the hall they covered up their eyes and clutched each other frantically as they ran against some object on their heedless way oh how dear it is betty exclaimed opening her eyes and taking in with a swift glance the fine damask the thin silver the fragile white and gold china all handed down in her mother's family end of chapter one recording by holly jensen